Hello, and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Grunwald, a real estate agent, mother of two, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband, Jed. I hope you will join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family, because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Grunwald, and I am excited about our topic today. This is one of my favorites, um, minimizing clutter. So I'm really excited to have you here with me. We'll get started because I know our time will go quick. It's um, somewhat of a buzzword. We definitely use it a lot in real estate the importance of decluttering your home before getting it ready to sell. Um, and that's important because it helps a buyer see the space versus seeing all of your things. And then it's helpful for just your state of mind personally, and then also professionally what you're looking at um, and how your space around you appears. Um, it really can set your tone and your, your mind set and frame of reference. So having a place that is decluttered is awesome. So thanks for joining me, Jamie. I see you and Elizabeth um, and Ashley. So great to have you. And I think maybe even during this quarantine, you've probably experienced a little bit more clutter, just being that you're in the house more, more things are just accumulating there and in different piles. And so I wanted to share some things that help our family keep just the clutter to a minimum. Now I am a, a little bit crazy when it comes to clutter. I, I, I don't give much grace for it because it makes me crazy, um, which my family will very easily tell you. So I'll give you all the suggestions, tips that work for us, and maybe you can do your own spin on them to make it helpful for your family. Um, you, you're probably aware that there's collecting stations throughout the house that tend to create more clutter, you know, generally by the door where you come into the house. That's kind of a landing place where people will drop things. So kind of having a plan for that space. Also the kitchen counters often end up being a place where you, things are dropped and left and um, leaves the space very cluttered. Um, nightstands can be that way. And then um, cabinets in the bathroom, just with all the toiletries and different salon products you might have all these different places that just collect and collect and collect. And so I want to give you some thoughts and ideas on how to, on a regular basis, maintain um, a clutter-free home. Um, and this doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do this um, every spring, you know, a big declutter that will take you hours, days, weeks on end. I'm talking about on a regular basis, staying ahead of the clutter. Um, so let me get started on the, the tips that I have. And, and some of these things have just come from time. Um, but one of them is my famous rule of don't touch things twice. So what does that mean? Take the time to complete the task involved with the item so that you can file it or throw it away. For example, when you bring in the mail, sort it immediately, deal with each individual task without leaving a pile of mail on the counter. Another thing might be as you're walking through the house and you see something, instead of picking it up and setting it back down and think, I'll do that later, go ahead and complete the task as it comes to your attention. So again, as I'm walking through the house and I see things that need to be done, instead of touching it once and then touching it again later by not completing it, just do it. Um, when it's in front of you. And that on a daily basis can help minimize the amount of clutter. I even um, will, you know, you can keep 
baskets in different places that, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to take that and put them away, um, file things away that way, um, just try not to touch the things twice or three times. There's always exceptions to the rule, but in general, do the task at hand as soon as it comes your way. As, as soon as you're presented with it. Um, another one that I highly recommend is if you bring something in, take something out. It's an interesting concept that I don't know that many people abide by. And that's why often um, at the time it comes to sell their home, they're overwhelmed by the amount of things they've accumulated. I get that from most of my clients that we have been living here for five, 10, 15 years, and we have just accumulated so many things. And that is just not a story I want as a part of my life. And so um, when I bring something in, I make a conscious effort to try to take the same amount of things out. For example, if you buy two new pairs of shoes, I want to go through my shoes to see if I can find two pairs of shoes to either donate or to sell or give away or trash. Maybe they're just done. This will keep your closet and cabinets from being overstuffed. So I almost think of it as I have a sufficient amount of space in my closet for shoes. And when that's filled, there's no room for more unless I get rid of what's already there. But continuing to cram things in only adds to this stressful, cluttered lifestyle that is not freeing in any way. It, it really leaves people feeling overwhelmed and not knowing where to to move forward. So I would say if you bring something in, take something out um, and a, on a general rule of thumb. I definitely do that with books for my kids, toys for them. Um, if I know a consignment sale is coming up, I do a run through of their playroom to see what toys can we get rid of um, because I know I'm going to be buying new ones. So kind of set amount of space for things instead of cramming them to the gill. And then moving on, I like the rule of thumb to have a home for everything. And if you don't have one, make one. So it's very important to me that everything has a place to go. So at the end of the day, everything can be back where it's supposed to go. And there's going to be some things that you can't quite figure out what a perfect home is for that. And that might be figuring out, you know, some new organizational ideas to create a home. But in general, everything should have a home or proper place for keeping it. That's why everything ends up in a junk drawer. It doesn't have a home. So you don't have a delegated space for it. So you want to try to create a space for the different items you use and tell the rest of the family where these new homes are so they can find and put these items in their home. And then it's if, if you're really having a hard time finding a home or figuring out a home for this item, that's when you might want to second guess keeping it. Maybe it's, it's something you don't need and it might be something to get rid of. I will say I am constantly changing the homes of some of our items, which Jed would agree is challenging because you can't find some things, but it's because I figured out new places or new ways to organize items in a better space. So sometimes it's a temporary home until you figure out something better or get a storage cabinet or something that works. So if you don't have a home, find one and see if you can create a space for it. So at the end of the day, you can put it in its home. Moving on, go to Goodwill every week. Now that might seem excessive to you. You might do that once or twice a year. I literally keep a bin or you could keep a bag, something somewhere to collect 
items for Goodwill on a daily basis. So this way, you as you come across things that you're not using anymore or not essential to your family anymore, you can automatically grab it, even if it's just one thing, and put it in that bin or basket. And then when it is time to go to Goodwill, you've already got things in that bin or basket. So personally for me, I keep it in the garage because I don't want it in the house. I don't want to see it. So it's in the garage. It's easy. I come across a toy that the kids no longer want or I'm not a fan of, then I just take it out to the garage and put it in that bin. And it makes it really easy when it comes time to making a, a weekly delivery to Goodwill. And my weekly deliveries are small. It might be just one grocery bag. For me, it is so fulfilling to fill that bag with things that we don't need and take it on a weekly basis versus taking 20 trash bags full, you know, after waiting years or months to do some decluttering. Looks like Jane also says she has a bin to take to Goodwill Rescue Mission in our garage too. Awesome. So that it's a great place to have it. So it's not cluttering your house. Um, and also it just is a visual reminder that you can continue to donate things. Um, so I'd, I'd strongly encourage that. Moving on to number five for me. If you haven't used it in over a year, it's time to get rid of it. Does anybody believe in that rule? I know there's always exceptions to the rule. If you're pregnant, you may not get rid of some clothes that you didn't wear that year. That might be different. Um, or other things that could play into that year time frame. But I think it's a really good rule of thumb. If you haven't used it in over a year, it's time to get rid of it. Um, this is a great test for clothes, food in the pantry, toiletries. A lot of times we keep things we've spent our hard-earned money on, and we think we might use it in the future. But if we haven't in a year, it's time to probably move on. And plus, if it helps to donate, get a tax write-off, do that. Keeping it and adding to your stress and clutter is not the solution. I don't think people realize the, the detrimental effect of having extra stuff. I think it's actually um, super stressful and actually um, creates more anxiety than actually just donating it and getting rid of something that you may have spent money on, but you're not going to use. I know I've done that. I've kept things I've spent a lot of money on and thought, I'm just going to keep it because I spent the money on it. But every time I see it, it causes anxiety and frustration of why I spent the money. But if I just get rid of it, it's out of mind and it clears my mental space. So consider that. Next one, don't bring it in the house. So here is an idea. If you don't want it, don't even bring it in the house. That could be you come home from a kid's birthday party and you got a lot of different stuff, maybe some favors um, that you don't need, the kids don't need, you don't want in the house. Don't even bring it in. Put it in the Goodwill box as you're going in the house. It might be you got a gift from the office. I, I'm constantly getting different promotional product items from different vendors in my office. And I know I don't want some of them. We won't use them. We don't need them. And so before it even comes in our door, I put it in the, the donation box. Um, and that feels great because then it doesn't come in, sit on the counter for a week and then get moved to a cabinet for um, three months. And then when I do spring cleaning, then I'm touching it again. Remember that first rule, don't touch it twice. So before it even becomes an item that I'm touching multiple times and having to make decisions about multiple times, make the decision before you even bring it in the house. So that's one thing I like to do. Next one, sell it. This can be really fun. Um, and you can make some cash to help offset the cost of buying something you like better and need more. I know I've enjoyed consigning my clothes. I've enjoyed 
selling furniture that we bought that at the time I liked, but now I don't like as much. It's very freeing to, to not have to keep it just because you feel like you should. Um, and instead you can sell it. I often sell it for at least what I paid for it. And sometimes more, because if you stage it really pretty in your house, sometimes it looks really good and people, you know, pay more than what you pay for it. I often see this as just an, another way to give me an opportunity to buy something else I like more. So again, don't keep it just because you paid money for it. Um, if you can sell it and buy something you like better or that might work better, consider that as well. So be conscious of that. And there's so many different ways to sell things. Um, Nextdoor is a great app. You may have used that. I think that's an awesome way to um, sell like locally within your neighborhoods and close proximity and for very affordable prices. You can buy different things. Also, you know, offer up Craigslist, Facebook marketplace, so many great places to sell things and just get and I mean, the cash isn't as important to me as just eliminating the clutter and the, the stress of having things that you don't need. And don't feel like you have to have a hundred things to post online to sell to start. I would start with one. And then if you have another thing, I go in phases when I find things around the house, I think um, we could sell. Just go ahead and start posting them. Don't wait. Don't them there to clutter the house. Um, all right. Let's go to the next one. This we kind of talked about, but sorting the mail over trash can outside. I like to do this before I, again, that whole idea of don't even bring it in to your house. And so when you, if you're the one who stops at the mailbox and gets the mail before you come in the house over a trash can, whether it's your big trash can outside, or if you have one in the garage, we have both. So just stand over that and trash what you need to without bringing it into the home. It, it eliminates making, touching it multiple times and then things in your home that you don't need. So I try to do that when I grab the mail. Again, a lot of times you grab the mail, you come in the house and you have all intentions and purpose of going through it. But then something of more urgency comes to your attention, maybe your kids or it's dinner time um, and you put the mail down on the counter. And then that happens multiple days. And then all of a sudden your counter is full. And so I would strongly recommend trying to do it outside over a trash can for sure. And that can be with anything that you might be bringing into the house. Just go ahead and sort it before it even comes in. Now, I know I talked about in the how to do it when you don't feel like it. I talked about making your bed. I'm going to talk about it again, if you can believe it. So another tip would be to make your bed. And you would ask why. Um, but mainly because it's one of the largest pieces of visual furniture in your bedroom. So that is decluttered, essentially made and looks neat and tidy. That gives the illusion that the rest of the room, um, the, the vast majority of it is decluttered and organized. And then it sets you up to want to keep the rest of the room that way. You'll find if you leave it unmade, then you are going to be more open to having piles of things in your bedroom and things on the floor and things on your nightstand and on the dresser. But if your bed is made, you're going to be less likely to accumulate that kind of stuff. So definitely consider making your bed and then teaching your kids to make their beds too. It just feels so 
so much more cleaner and decluttered. So consider that making your bed and having your kids do it as well. All right, moving on to the next one, sort often. And this is kind of what I was talking about, that whole concept of not doing this just spring cleaning or once every three to five years or right before you sell, I would strongly, strongly encourage doing it on a regular basis. I often, when you know my kids wanna play in the playroom, they'll be playing and I'll come in and play with them but I'll sort through what they have and start collecting some things that I notice that they're not playing with or we've used and we're done with. And so I'm in there, I'm spending time with them, but I'm, my game is an organizing, decluttering, sorting game. And their game might be playing um, with the kitchen, um, kids utensils. So going through your kids' books and toys and puzzles, games, all those types of things on a regular basis. Literally, that could be weekly. That could be monthly. I enjoy it. So that does not sound stressful or overwhelming. I love to sort. I love to organize and I love to declutter. So I might be the, the anomaly here and I, I understand that completely. But if it is something you can do even a little bit every single day or every week, you'll stay on top of it to where this it's not overwhelming and it doesn't take over you. So this is something I do on a very, very regular, consistent basis. Um, other things you could store often are your toiletries or your canned foods, spices. Um, and if you're not using them, throw it away, donate it, give it to a neighbor who needs it, whatever it is, but get it out of your house. Um, that has worked really well for us. And I know, you know, sometimes like even your family's food preferences change. So maybe you bought a whole bunch of pinto beans because you guys are on a Mexican kick. And then lately it's just not been your thing. And you have 10 cans of pinto beans. I would not keep 10 cans of pinto beans in there because I'd feel the pressure that I need to use them. And they're taking up a lot of precious inventory space in my pantry. So I would donate those because how much was a can of pinto beans? Not much. And the visual stress for me is too, too high to make that um, commitment to leaving them in there, um, especially if you're not using them. So donate them, give them away, whatever it is, keep the things you're using. And for us, our family food options and preferences preferences change often. So I'm, I'm constantly throwing things away that we're not no longer interested in or eating or whatever it is. And that's okay. Same with toiletries. You might have a whole bunch of hair products for short hair. Now you have long hair or a whole bunch of different um, appliances for long hair or short hair, whatever it is. And you might think, well, I'll use it one day. But again, you're accumulating things that you could probably buy if you absolutely needed to at a pretty affordable price rather than stocking your cabinets full. So think about it. Just what is it worth to you? Um, so I would definitely consider that. Um, Ashley said she tries to think of people she can give or bless with extra stuff, motivating to clean. That's awesome. Um, not always valuable enough to sell. Exactly. But sometimes you can just be motivated by the fact that you're helping somebody else. And so you can share it with them. Um, I think that's great thought and advice for sure. And then this is something our family does every day, every single day. And this is what I would say keeps us on top of um, keeping our house organized, decluttered and maintained um, in a way that keeps us um, clear minded 
And this is have the family do a daily cleanup or declutter at the end of every single day. So that means you've got to have some planning and that you don't take, you know, your plans all the way up to bedtime because then that that means you're doing all the cleanup. And so if bedtime's at seven, like in our home, then at 630, this declutter cleanup time happens and you can make this fun. You could set a timer and say, everybody, it's the cleanup, declutter, pickup game, whatever it is you want to call it as a family. And five minute timer goes off and everybody goes around collecting the things that were used during that day and putting them back in their home. That's important. They need to go back where they are and then teaching your kids that they need to go back in their home. And there's a home for specific toys. It's the hardest lesson I'm trying to teach Ellie right now because she wants to put everything randomly in bags which takes so much time to put away because it's from every corner of the house. And so at the end of each day, we talk about emptying these bags out. And is it worth it to her to fill up these bags with all these random things? It's a lesson we're we're teaching our three and a half year old now. But again, this gives this whole um, camaraderie of a family. We're doing this together and that this isn't mom's job. This is, this is a family job together and everybody chips in and puts everything away that was used during that day. And that could be dishes, that could be clothes in the hamper, whatever it is. And this will, this way your day starts fresh rather than getting behind because once things start piling up, even two days worth of a family's things starts to build up to where you start to feel overwhelmed. So if you can be ahead of it every single day and literally a five minute timer will do miracles if you do it every single day right before bed. So that's really helped us a ton. Again, if this is something you've ever done or want to try, I would love to hear how it works for you. Okay, let's keep going. And then checking expiration dates. Allow an expiration date be a good excuse to throw away, maybe a cosmetic or medicine or food or spices, whatever. Generally, I I find that you're often married to your opposite in this. Not always, but I'm the get rid of get rid of everything person and Jed's the more save it for a rainy day type of person. And so when I can come to him and say, can I throw away this medicine? It's three years old. He usually can't argue with that and says, okay, you can throw it away. So look at those and use those as excuses. Now, some things can go past expiration date, but why get rid of it, move on, especially, you know, all these different things that you think I might use at one time, you know, you can buy it if you use it need it at one time. And that's okay. It probably won't cost that much. So check the expiration dates and allow it to be a good excuse to get rid of it. couple more here, three more, if you can hang with me. Kitchen counters are for cooking and eating. Now this is my personal rule that gets broken very often. And I'm still training and teaching my family that kitchen counters are for cooking and eating not for collecting toys and papers and mail and objects of random assortment. I don't know where this came from for me, but looking at a kitchen with clean counters makes me feel very calm and relaxed and even excited about being in the kitchen. But when I see lots of stuff on it, it's very stressful. I would highly recommend starting to train or teach your your kids and family that this is not a place to collect your toys and items. And so for me, when Ellie puts her stuffed animals on the counter, I tell her, counters are for food and there's food on the counter and they might be sticky and you don't want that to get on your stuffed animal. So please take your stuffed animal off the counter. That's on a good day when I'm feeling really happy, but other days I might not say it's so kindly, but again, kitchen counters, you know, the kitchen is the home, 
the heart of the home. And so if it gets declut if it gets cluttered, then you feel this kind of permeate out through the other rooms of the house. So I would be cautious about that. And that's a rule that I really, really love. And Jamie says clean kitchen, same effect for her. I totally agree. And then the hanger trick, you may have heard this before. So in your closet, if you're, you know, struggling between what do I get rid of and what do I keep? Um, one rule of rule that you could do is hang all your hangers the opposite way. So normally you hang your hanger over the rod like this, do it backwards at the beginning, you know, whenever you want to do this. So if you're going to start this tomorrow, take all your hangers off, flip them. So they're all hanging this way. And then after you wear the item, put it back the correct way or the, in the front way or the more typical way. And then at the end of a year or 12 month cycle, look to see what's still hanging the opposite direction. And those are the things you could say, okay, I'm ready to donate those. A whole year went by and I didn't touch them. So that's a really good visual way to figure out what you're using and what you're not. I know I told you that I love to sell my clothes consignment. There's so many different ways that you can do that. Poshmark is an online way. Um, there's consignment stores locally um, you can sell on. And it's just, for me, I'm not getting anywhere near the cost that I paid for the clothes often. But if I get a few bucks, it helps me get rid of them. And it, it gives me a little bit of money to go buy different ones that I like better. I don't know if this is for you, but I feel pressure to wear clothes in my closet. And so if I don't like the way I look or the way I feel in a specific shirt or outfit and it's hanging there, I feel like I need to wear it. And so is it worth me keeping it because I feel like I should wear it? Is it worth me keeping it and wear it and feel terrible that day the way I felt you know, it didn't look good. It didn't feel good. I was, it was itchy, whatever it is. So let that be an excuse to get rid of it. And I think like Ashley had shared, um, her suggestion is like, think about who you can bless with it or give, um, donate it so that you're not stressing about the money you may have spent on it. That's a, a way to keep, you know, just the motivation to, to go ahead and part with it. And then my last one, and I love this one. If it's not yours, give it back. It's bad enough when your clutter is your own, but it's crazy when the clutter belongs to someone else. Your house should not contain anything that doesn't belong to you. If it's something you've borrowed, give it back. I keep a, another box. So I have my um, my Goodwill box or my donation box, and then I have a box for people that maybe I borrowed something or they came to my house and left something in my house. I put it in that box so that if I'm walking out to go see them, I jump in my car, I grab the item out of the box, take it to them, and then I don't forget it. It's a visual reminder. And again, I give people back things that I've borrowed. So if I borrowed books from people, if I've borrowed a cooking appliance, whatever it is that you might borrow, give it back. Don't accumulate other people's stuff on top of your own. Um, and I think if you went through your house, you might be like, oh yeah, that's someone's casserole dish. And this was, you know, and maybe you ask, you know, it's been a long time. I borrowed this five years ago. Do you still want it back? And they may say, no, donate it. Don't keep it. Donate it. Those are my tips that have worked for me and my family, not always perfectly, but have definitely been um, worth the effort um, to do. But I think my, my biggest takeaway I hope for you guys is just the importance of doing it consistently daily, weekly, monthly, and not just big splurges at, you know, it's at springtime or whatever that is. So I hope this is helpful and look forward to seeing you next week for our next session. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home where it all begins.